Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio. We are back with another episode. Very excited because I have a gentleman named Vid Horky who is from Prague, Czech Republic, over in Europe, and we are going to be talking to him about, oh, all things customer service and experience. But before we dive into our amazing interview, if you've got a customer service story that you'd like to share, or you have a question that you'd like to ask, you can find me on many social media channels, pretty much all of them, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and on and on. Use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll either answer the questions that you send in right there, or on this show, or on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home, which you can view on uh, Apple TV, Amazon Prime, Roku, and many other places, including YouTube. We're now putting the episodes on YouTube. So that's exciting. I'm so excited. Anyway, we have a a great show today with Vid Horky. He is, um, gosh, the uh, Senior Director, Digital Experience at Nice In Contact. But he's got a fascinating story because at age 17, he started his first company, a digital marketing company, and then just about seven or eight years later, sold it, started another company, uh, then he started a third company, and that's the company that was just bought by Nice and in contact. But even uh, more exciting than that, I'm holding his book, Customer Service in the Transhuman Age. Vit, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Chap. So, and everybody can tell he has an accent, except over there where he lives, there is no accent. I have the accent. <laughs> is that right? So, let's jump into this. You gave me a quick little background. You're into digital marketing. You're into customer service and contact centers. And we're going to talk about uh, customer service in this transhuman age. But quick little background on who Vit is. So, I'm, I'm pretty much an entrepreneur for the past 17 years. And I always try to build businesses that have some positive impact on society. And I've always uh, focused on technology impact. My last company, Brand Embassy, that was just recently acquired by, acquired by Nice and Nice in Contact, have specialized in building a very easy to use platform for call center agents and human advisors and human agents to provide great customer experience over digital channels. Yep, those channels that didn't exist till 10 years ago or 12 years ago, like Facebook, uh, Messenger, uh, WhatsApp. Twitter, and also leveraging the, the great potential of artificial intelligence and chatbots in building great customer experience. So right. that's what I've been kind of doing over the past few years. Yeah, that's interesting, because I, I, I'm not sure where in the book I read it, but I remember uh, if you went back in time, I think like the 18, nine, eight, like around 1900, yeah. 18, something like that, you said, this is what you would experience. But if you could warp into, time warp into the future, and you you looked around today, you compared the experiences was, was pretty interesting. So um, where do we start? Let's, let's actually start with this concept of transhumanism. And uh, the first chapter of your book, How Transhumanism Met Customer Service. Let's go there first, if you don't mind. Sure. Well, first of all, what is transhuman age and what is transhumanism? You know, I, I take it very simply. Uh, we as humans are becoming more than we were used to be in past. And that's mainly through technology. You know, if you can use Google, and I bet you do, you have all the knowledge in the world, you know, available to you within a few seconds. 
Uh, it's you amazing. Can read any book you can book, uh, you can read any book uh, that is exists out there because you have it online. You can do all so much stuff by using internet and technology. And what I uh, and you know if if we would be born two hundred years ago and we would see all this happening, we would just say, "Gosh, these people are God. They are having." <laughs> abilities that I can only dream about. And why I took this concept of transhumanism and connected it to the topic of customer service? Well, simply because I believe that, especially uh, because of the technologies that we can see already today, like digital channels, social messaging, chatbots, etc. But increasingly, uh, because of artificial intelligence, machine learning and virtual reality, we will see more and more of this rapid innovation happening that will significantly, you know, just change the world that we're having around ourselves. And customer service is one of the industries that will not be left behind. I think that customer service and call center industry will be actually one of the first industries that will be fundamentally changed because of this um, change of technology on the market. I know it's amazing to me. Uh, if I think back to when I was a kid, I was so excited when I think I was maybe in fifth or sixth grade and my dad gave me a calculator for my holiday gift for Christmas and I thought a calculator the coolest thing and today I'm giving my kids iPads for Christmas and the computing power is more than was in the spaceship back in the 1960s and 70s and and it really is amazing so as it applies to customer service the technologies that you're talking about you've already mentioned a number of them and AI is huge um, where do you think AI plays a part in the customer service role. And, you know, I want to, I'll even say specifically to, you know, a customer support center, because it's real crucial today, all the stats and facts. And I believe NICE actually came out with a great report that uh, talks about how quickly customers will leave a company because of a bad customer service experience. Now, I preach customer service at every interaction point. You work primarily with the support center. So if somebody calls in, doesn't have a bad experience, doesn't have a good experience, they walk. Uh, how does AI impact the experience at the call center? Yeah, happy to talk about it. But first, actually, a funny thing regarding the calculators. When I was in a grammar school, a teacher told me, you know, hey, you need to learn arithmetics because what do you think that you're going to have a calculator in your pocket for the rest of your life? <laughs> and, and, and the answer think, is, yes, I do. <laughs> exactly. And that is a parallel to artificial intelligence. Actually, we as humans are not really very good in for, in seeing a future in the long, on, in the long term. We cannot know what will happen in 50 or 30 years time. But what we see is that, over the past 10, 15 years, there is a rapid improvement of capabilities when it comes to machine learning, deep learning, neural networks, uh, and all this related to artificial intelligence. We use artificial intelligence throughout our daily lives. We just don't know about that. Google images, uh, landing a plane uh, softly uh, at the airport, all these kind of examples are examples of efficiently using artificial intelligence. And today, we can see that increasingly in customer service industry as well. We can see a chatbot that maybe a year ago would be really dumb and you would have to talk to them to like an IVR, press one to do this, press nine to do that. And today they are understanding me a little better. Hey, they just understood my intent. Uh, they just understood my question. 
They understood my language, although I'm speaking a language that only 10 million people in the world speaks. So all these kind of small, tiny examples are showing more and more the increasing the growing capabilities of artificial intelligence. And you know, today at NICE, the company I'm working with, uh, we're actually developing products for chatbots and voice bots that are pretty awesome, actually. They can understand so much, and I can see that every month the capabilities are just growing. So what I would say is that in one year, in two years' time, these chatbots and voice bots and intelligent assistants will be very often beyond that level of an average human customer service agent. Now, and right that's now, an interesting thing. Yeah, I just saw a stat that says people are accepting of chatbots. By the way, a chatbot different than, you know, you're talking to a machine. The machines, you know, you're typing into it or you're talking into it. But what happens is they said, wow, many people are accepting that they're out there and they're willing to use them. I believe it was either eight or 9% said they're only willing to go so far with them because they don't trust that they can handle a deeper uh, conversation, a more meaningful uh, conversation. If all I want to do is check my bake ballots, if all I want to do is check on a shipment, uh, that's easy. I can just ask the question, will give me the answer. But if I want to talk about something more important, and I think that's where there's this balance between human interaction and the digital experience. So I, I, I believe you, you firmly believe that the human interaction cannot be replaced, but it's greatly augmented with this technology that's out there. So where does the balance, where, how far can we go before it's too far and the customer says, I have no relationship with these people, they're just a company I do business with, and we lose, as a company, we lose the loyalty or the emotional connection. Yeah, I think that you know humans uh, are great in some things that I personally do not believe that computer will, computer will ever replace us at. The first of all, we are great in understanding and using emotional intelligence. And yes, there are growing capabilities of artificial intelligence, understanding our emotions and responding to them. But it's such a complex thing. It's so deeply rooted in our diversity of cultures that it is very, very difficult to build, a human, uh, to build uh, bots or to build computers that can really respond and understand our emotions. So we as humans should use that and utilize that in customer service as much as possible. We should be as humans very authentic in our call center business and we should use our authenticity to actually die, you know, uh, to, to show that we're humans, we're not a bot. So that's one thing, emotions and using emotional intelligence. The other thing is that we are creative. And, you know, there is a growing complexity of a customer service issues that the agents need to work with these days because the simple stuff, it's so easy to find on the internet uh, for the consumers themselves or use any other self-service techniques. So the agents have been using, uh, have need to solve growing complexity of issues. And, you know, bot can do a lot of stuff. They can read so much stuff. They can use so much stuff that they are having in their database. But they just cannot stand up from their desk, go to the office next door and negotiate better offer uh, for you with your colleague in, in the company. They cannot go to the warehouse and, you know, collect uh, the product that normally would be uh, lying there for another two weeks. These are the sort of things that humans have uh, and humans are uniquely able to use in the contact center business. So 
I believe that we should use these advantages that we as humans are having more and more in the customer service, or we will be left in being benchmarked uh, by a relatively stupid chatbot and the customers will no longer see the differences. Yeah, and we hate when that happens. And I always encourage my clients that if you're going to start using this type of technology, uh, there's a likelihood that you will become enamored by it. You'll think it's really cool. You'll think it's like, this is the answer. Please, please, please make it easy for the customer to opt away from whatever digital experience they're on and move to the human experience. It needs to be quick and seamless and whatever you are doing digitally, it needs to be picked up by the human as if, hey, I'm just taking over. You don't have to start over again. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to continue on this thought. I also want to talk about some of the takeaways in your book, Customer Service and the Transhuman Age. We are talking with Vit Horky, author, entrepreneur, and the Senior Director of Digital Experience at Nice in Contact. Don't go away. We're coming right back. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So, what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists. The cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talking with Vid Horky, the author of Customer Service in the Transhuman Age, available on Amazon and other places books are sold. So, uh, Vit, um, we were talking about artificial intelligence, and I know I've mentioned this before in other episodes, but I just can't help but bring it up again that Jenny Rometty, the CEO of IBM, at an address she made a couple of years ago at, her, at their major conference that uh, Watson, where they talk about artificial intelligence, said, you know, if you flip AI around, it becomes IA. You actually use the words intelligent assistant. And what she said is that the intelligent assistant doesn't just support customers, but actually supports people in a company who are helping customers. And the cool thing is, is she said, imagine that that assistant alerts whoever is supporting that customer to say, hey, this customer's called in six times before. Here's the pattern. Here's what they bought. By the way, they're just like a thousand other customers who are identical this is the next question they'll most likely ask. This is the next product they'll most likely need to buy. I mean, that's an incredible advantage. Talk to me about how you feel uh, AI supports people on the inside of a company, not just uh, for us as outsiders, as customers to talk to and interact with chatbots. Definitely. You know, I, I sat behind a customer service agent in a call center watching him or her uh, to do their work during their daily shifts so many times. And you know, what I've seen is that uh, many of these call center agents are still 
solving quite repetitive tasks. So it's some, in, in some cases, they are super efficient and they can do stuff. They know the shortcuts. They do everything to be really as fast as possible. But in many other ways, they need to find a way how to get to the best response. They need to, they need to consult it with other call center agents that are perhaps in, uh, you know, working for the company for a longer period of time. And you've got this huge problem in the call centers that many of the call center agents are actually leaving the company that same year that, have, that they have started to work for the company. So there is a lot, a lot of knowledge missed. And intelligent assistants are actually helping to retain that knowledge within the company and efficiently use it by suggesting to the customer service agent what they should say next, how they could uh, find out the best information, how they can you know, uh, use the information effectively so the human agent can actually focus on, again, delivering great emotional experience, being authentic, working on, you know, uh, working on the fact that they can really build great relationships with the customers. And when it comes to their hard knowledge, um, you know, this can be actually increasingly provided by automated technology. Yeah, that's great. And, and the idea is it's, it becomes really, a, I guess, a backup and a support. And, and you mentioned that agents are churning, they're out the same year they come in. Part of it is frustration and burnout and the stress that they're put under. Boy, I can see how having you know, something assisting you with the information, giving you, you know, I think you just mentioned, uh, I want to make sure I understand, like coaching that, that support person to help, you know, the customer even better. But let's, let's take it broader than just the uh, customer support world. The digital world is changing everything. You mentioned in the book, uh, I think you actually, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. At some point, customers are in control. Um, mm. And where am I with this one? Yes, um, the com but yeah, customers are now in control. And tell me what you mean by that. I believe they are. Um, it's really the customer, you know, I've always said the customer, to, you know, the customer in charge. Uh, I've always believed customers always have a choice. They walk. But I think today they're smarter than ever before. They expect more than ever before. They know what good service is. They expect from the company. What is this concept of yours that the customer is in charge? When I was starting with, you know, building my first company roughly 17 years ago, the company had simply all the choices they could make uh, to, in order to develop the relationship with the customer. And they were in control in many respects. They could open up a shop and say, you can come in into my brick and mortar shop. Or they could publish the telephone number to their website or into a, you know, yellow pages and, you know, the customers would start calling and that was it. Very limited options for the consumers to reach out to the brands and look at it today. You've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got WhatsApp, you've got email, live chat, website. You've got websites that are talking about your company, but you don't own them. Actually, none of the data that are on the Facebook, you don't own them. So, it's, it's such a diverse uh, digital and internet space that actually the consumers can use. And, you know, the ability is there for the consumers for, for relatively many years already. For 10, 15 years, there are so many different social media channels, messaging channels, etc. But what has changed over the past few years is that nowadays the customers really expect from you as a company that you will be there. You are waiting for them. 
you will respond to them within seconds, not minutes, not hours, not days. That has changed. That changed quite a lot. I still, you know, yesterday I had to deal with an insurance company because of something. I sent them an email and I got an automated response that I should res- uh, I should expect a response within the upcoming seven days. Seven Gosh. days. Okay. Yeah. I had a similar experience I'll share with you in a moment. How did you feel about that? Uh, so I felt in a way, and I did uh, what I was thinking, that I went to Facebook and I started to actually discuss it with the customer service agent of that insurance company on Facebook. And I got that response within one minute. So you see that, you know, the expectations of myself as a consumer are driving actually the innovation within the company. So yes, maybe they are still able to respond to emails within seven days, but on social media, it's not there. It's... It, they can't, you know, just wait seven days to respond to a customer. Yeah. The expectations are already different. Yeah. So I actually had a similar email response when I wrote into the customer that they said the best way I was talking to an agent and they said the best way to get this, uh, get what I want is to go to the website and type in, and I guess for lack of a better term, a support ticket. And I got an automated response. Thank you very much. This is a, this is important. We appreciate you sharing. You should hear from s- someone within 30 days. I beat you on that one. 30 days. You know what? I, I, don't, you know, I don't even know if I remember that I wrote it 30 days ago. But let me give you another example of something that just happened. And I want to applaud the airline for this. Um, I, you're going to think that I'm getting ready to knock American Airlines, and I'm not. Um, they're, they're the airline that I fly on quite a bit. So I have a meeting in China. Well, what's happening in China right now? You shouldn't go to China. There's the coronavirus and people are dying. And if you go, the U.S. will not even let you back in the country. You have to go into quarantine. So my client, who's from Australia, cancels the meeting in China. I call American Airlines and I talk to a supervisor who says, Shep, I've got my hands tied. I don't know what to do. You, I know you want to cancel your trip and we need to give you a full refund. However, we, you know, it's far enough out. It's in May, so it's just a, a you know, two and a half months away. We haven't, uh, I guess somebody hasn't approved that uh, anybody who bought a ticket in May can get a refund. We up through, up through the 1st of May, yeah, or April 30th, but not from May 1st on. Please hold on. I promise you it's going to be taken care of. She was so nice. She was so friendly. And I said, you know what? I accept that. But then on a lark, on a lark, I went on to Twitter and I direct message AA and I said, um, I am a little frustrated. I actually use hashtag frustrated. And I said, here's the situation. Nobody's going to China right now. There's no way it's, you know, what can we do? And within minutes, I got a response and she, and they said, the agent you talked to was correct because we haven't yet, but we're going to go ahead and make this happen. And I love that Uh, Even though the agent was very sincere and nice, which by the way, was perfectly fine with me, the follow-up that they did on social media, it literally took minutes, not hours, not days. Anyway, I've been talking long enough. I want to get back to you. I think you can, this story resonates with you based on what we've been talking about. Totally. Yep. So online customers are reaching out and they expect it. Uh, During the break, you and I talked about Omnichannel. Uh, Let's 
real quick talk about that as we're starting to run out of time. I don't want to uh, miss something that you specifically said you wanted to talk about. And for those that don't know, tell us what Omnichannel is. Yeah, I, I believe, you know, for me, Omnichannel as a consumer is simply that I am Omnichannel as a consumer, which means that on the screen of my smartphone, I've got like 15 or 17 different communication apps. And if I talk to, uh, to, with my wife over these apps, I always get the same responses with the same tonality, with the same quality of the response, etc. It's just my wife talking with me. It doesn't matter what that channel is. And I expect the same experience as a consumer uh, by talking with brands. The problem is I'm not getting that experience most of the time. And why? Because the call centers are not built and they're not equipped as my wife when, they're, when she's responding to me. Uh, when you take a look at a typical call center, the call center agents are divided into teams by their ability to either speak over the telephone uh, phone or uh, by their ability to type messages via email, via live chat or via social media messaging. So I, I'm not getting the same experience. And in fact, if I would send a one question to via you know, five or six different channels that the company is offering for the consumers uh, you know, for, for responding to, I'm gonna get most likely six different responses from six different call center agents giving me six different types of information. And how frustrating is that? Which by the way, that leads me to my theory that if you don't like the answer that somebody gives you, hang up the phone, count 30 seconds, call back, get somebody else, you'll get a different answer. But that's so sad, right? That's yeah, so it is sad. sad. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is that, you know, companies and people responsible for customer service should be really demanding um, and ask their technology partners and providers to really equip them with technology that enables them to build truly omnichannel experience, meaning that one agent is able or one advisor is able to pick up a phone, respond to an email, respond to a social media post, etc. Anything that can be automated will be automated so the agents can really focus on their emotional intelligence, authenticity, and solving pretty complex stuff. And by that, I bet that the customer experience will always improve. Yes. And I'll add to that, if I'm using Twitter and then I go talk to a live agent, it should be seamless, even if it's a different agent or somebody or a chatbot. It should be picking up where I left off, not, hey, go over your story again. You know, please repeat it for me because Absolutely. that is extremely frustrating. And to me, that's the truth. You've got multi-channel, which is a lot of channels, but omni-channel means seamless. And I'll go a step further. And uh, a friend of mine working over at Pegasystems calls it no channel, meaning it's just, it's just anything out there. It's just a, another communication is communication regardless of the channel. So, all right, very good. We're down to the last question. The one thing question, if you can share with us the one thing you want this audience to walk away with today, what would that be? Well, um, I'm a little worried because there is over 15 million people call, you know, going to call centers every single day to pick up their phones, to, to, to respond to emails coming from us as a consumers. And many of these people are not really using their, their potential. And I believe that you know, we, should be, we should ask these people and we should expect from these people that they will be empowered to really use more of their human potential. And at the same time, technology providers and technology companies should really build technologies that enable these people to really unleash their potential. I don't see that happening too much yet, uh, but I'm very positive that this will be happening more and more in the upcoming years. And 
hopefully I'm doing my my small uh, part in this uh, helping helping to happen. I think you are. I think you are. I think the future of customer service in the support world is very, very exciting. Uh, customers are going to be empowered and have more control than ever to get their answers quicker and faster than ever to get their problems resolved. People who work in companies, the support agents and the IT people are gonna be working together to create solutions. They're gonna not only make customers happy, but make the people internally have a better experience. And if we can do that, boy, everybody wins. So, Vit, this has been a great interview. Vit Horky, uh, the author of Customer Service and the Transhuman Age. Thanks for joining us on Amazing Business Radio. Great talking to you, Chef, thank you. All right, everybody, another episode wrapped up and we'll have another great interview next week. So please come back where every week we typically talk about customer service and experience. Once in a while, we sneak something in that's a little bit different, but I love it when everybody comes back, enjoys the show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. This is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>